And uh, thank you, Chad, for uh, setting this up. I know it's been a, on his heart. He's been doing this for a number of years, just making sure that we have these quarterly meetings. He oversees kind of like the men's ministry um, as, a, as a deacon, and we, have, we appreciate that a lot. So thank you. Let's open <clears throat> with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this morning. Uh, what a beautiful morning it was to see the sun come up and the, the clouds that you've created, the, the variety in life that you've given us. Yeah, just as there's a large variety of people in this room, you've gifted us and given us each individual gifts and talents and abilities. And uh, pray that we would see this morning how to use those for your glory. We would see the unique character that you've created us as. And because of that, we would worship you through our actions, um, not just today, not just next week, but we would even be setting plans that our, our lives would be following after you for a long time, that we would be pursuing you deeply and uh, knowing that your word gives us what we need for all fruitfulness and, and godliness. Um, pray for each man as he hears this, that, that he'll know the right way to interpret it, to affect it into his life. In your name, amen. Well, this is not going to be a theological lesson. I'll just start off with that. So uh, I'm not going to go into a, really a much depth uh, theologically. It's, it's driven, going to be driven from your worldview, where you already have within your mind um, a set understanding of Scripture, and now we're going to apply it in, in a practical working out of the theology that's already there. Um, next semester in BTI, we're going to be going through more on leadership. There's going to be an emphasis on men leading and men taking that rightful role in every aspect of their life, whether it be in your marriage, in your home with your kids, at work, at church, all of those areas. Right, Steve? Is that, am, I, am I right on? Okay, good. I was a guess. Um, that's, that's next BTI. At Grace Bible Church, we want you to be the best leaders that you can be. And we, we've got some excellent raw talent here in you guys. And you might think, oh, I'm not that much of a leader. I'm, I just like to sit back and watch things happen. But you are a leader. And, and what I want to do is try and help you, <clears throat> particularly in your home, work that out in a way that's going to help you um, really have people follow. If you're taking a walk, and nobody, if you're, I'm sorry, if you're going somewhere and you're, you're you're going, you're heading in a direction and no one's following you, you're just taking a walk. So we want to teach you and, and have you have some leadership skills that will help you to lead others. If an outsider were to look at your family, look at the Swartz family, look at the Jones family, look at the Newton family, and say, what is that family about? How would I describe that family? What is special about that family? What is the purpose of that family? Is that easily identifiable? Can somebody say, yeah, I, I know that that family's about such and such. That's what they're doing. Could they identify the major virtues and the backbones of your family? Have you established it in such a way that it's that knowledgeable? It's kind of like the way you run, a, if you run a business, and some of you guys do. Um, is your, you have a business purpose. Is it clear? Is it, does it really define the way that you operate on a daily basis or just sitting out there? Businesses put out business purpose statements. How do you stay on track and stay focused with what you're doing? How do you know when to say yes to good things and when to say no to good things as well? Well, in a business, you would write out a business plan. You'd write out a, a business purpose statement, a business mission statement. You'd write down your values. You'd write down the things that, that you hold virtuous for that business, and that would help you to point to goals that you want to achieve. My challenge for you today is to do the same thing for your family. And I don't know if you've ever thought in this direction. As I said, it's, it's going to not be a, a, so much based in Scripture as really to help you. Why not create a document whereby you can filter 
the decisions that you make in life. You know, how you can look at them through a grid. Yes, we have the Bible, and you're going to be going to Scripture. Okay, here's what Scripture says about that. But if you have a couple good things, in uh, the Holy Spirit will guide you. Yes, that's good. But, but how to choose the best between two good choices. Those are sometimes very difficult situations, and you don't know where to go. It's possible that we might miss out on some of God's blessings if we don't have a plan ahead of time going through this, and we end up choosing something good instead of what's best. Former dean of students at Masters uh, College, uh, Dave Maddox, I remember him sharing uh, one time how he was uh, uh, this, this example of he was kind of in the college in the, in the college working uh, with the donors, and he had some dignitary come into town who was a big donor. This guy was coming to town, and he, his job was to take care of this guy and to watch after him and, and take him to this meal. They were going to have this really nice meal at a country club. So sure enough, he got him there and took him to this place and sat down. You know, you have a, every person has their own waiter and uh, sitting there, and they brought these hors d'oeuvres out. Oh, these hors d'oeuvres were great. I mean, they were bacon-wrapped shrimp and just all kinds of just phenomenal hors d'oeuvres. And, man, he was just loving these things. These are great hors d'oeuvres. Oh, my goodness. And here's one more, and here's one more. They just brought these things out. Tremendous, delicious stuff. And then they brought out the main course, and it was a prime rib that you could cut with your fork. It was, But he was so full, he didn't get to enjoy it because he had spent his efforts, and his time on some things that were good and missed out on the main course. Prime rib, you can cut with your fork, and you couldn't enjoy it. Well, that's what I'm looking at here is, is how can we identify those things in our lives so that we do seek after the things that are best in our lives. Turn with me, if you would, to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. We're going to look at verse 1 through 7. And uh, what's happened here is, is Israel has been 40 years wandering in the, in the wilderness. They've spent a lot of time. They've learned a lot of lessons. And now Joshua is ready to bring them into the promised land. And Joshua's uh, speaking to them. Um, and uh, let, me, uh, let me just show this, beginning of verse 1. And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, <clears throat> Take for yourself twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from a place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, each one of you taking a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. So they set up something that would remind them later on. Oh, yes, I remember. Every time they walk past that area there, right near, uh, near Jericho, down below that area in the, in the uh, uh, Red Sea there, they would remember, oh yes, we remember what God did miraculously. It's a visual sign of what, what God had done to remind generation after generation after them. Well, let's then turn to Joshua chapter 24, a little bit further there. Now, this is where Joshua's getting older. It's at the end of his life. And this whole chapter here, he's, he's going back and he's looking at what God had did and he's remembering all these things. And he's talking about all the different tribes that he, he drove out 
in uh, verse 14, um, and he's charging the people, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river in Egypt. Here he is referring back to the history. Serve the Lord, and if it seems evil, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Were the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then he goes on and has them make a covenant. And in verse uh, uh, 25, So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. And he wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it was heard all the words... It has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So again, there was something physical, tangible way to remember what God had done. In the same way, I'm going to want to challenge you today to create a family purpose statement. And Chad, could I have you hand these out? I've got some notes to work on here. A family purpose statement. The Oweiler family did this about gosh, 20 years ago. And a value statement that we created at that time is still an integral part of our family. Um, one of my employees went through this uh, back 10 years ago, and he took it and created it and put it up on a plaque and actually had it in his office so you could physically see what it is. We have ours framed, and this is part of our house. It's in our front room. It's our family purpose and value statement. And uh, this is really ultimately where I'm going to challenge you to go with what we're, we're talking about this morning. What's happened in the last 10 years of your life? Man, it's just gone by fast, hasn't it? You look at the kids raising. I looked 20 years ago since I did this. All my kids are almost out of the house now. My oldest was 10 years old when I wrote a family purpose statement. And I've seen how it has helped me throughout the last 20 years of my life. Uh, you have children move out. Parents move in. Divorces happen in the family. Loss of loved ones occur in the last 10 years. Uh, you move. You change jobs. All of these things happen. And do you have something that will guide you um, of where you're going in the decisions you make? The family purpose statement should remain fairly stable. This isn't something that's going to shift and change with whims. Um, the issues that come up are, shouldn't uh, vastly affect your purpose statement. You and your spouse is all that's going to be left when your kids leave the house. They move out. Why not start planning now? You know, oh, yeah, when my kids get out, that's when I'm going to do such and such. That's when we're going to plan this direction in our lives. What I'm saying is let's start thinking now about those things, where your goals are. Kind of like that uh, saying, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. And that's what a lot of people do with their families. They just aimlessly wander of where they're going. Oh, okay, we'll go this direction. Well, the Oweiler family statement, uh, I've rewritten it a couple times, gone back and looked at it, and just minor little tweaks to it. But it still holds very clear. And uh, let, me, let me read that for you right now. It says, it is our desire to fulfill to fill our lives with scripture and derive the moral principles out of it, creating a warehouse of values which will form the basis of all decisions, great or small. 
We will not, not let our minds be taken captive by philosophies of men, but rather renewing our minds in Christ Jesus, teaching our family by example the importance of worship, prayer, servanthood, and the use of our spiritual gifts. And there's verses tied to each one of these things. Then it talks about the husband-wife relationship. Next to our relationship with God, the priority relationship will be our husband-wife relationship. We will protect this and model it in love and purity as portrayed in 1 Corinthians 13. The parent-child relationship. We will cultivate a loving atmosphere to train our children in wisdom and righteousness balanced with discipline. Sibling-to-sibling relationships. Remember, this is 20 years ago. It's our desire to place within the heart of each of our children a preciousness of others and the collective value of being a member of the Oweiler family. And then outreach. Through example, we will strive to model hospitality and respect for all creatures created by God. We will also cultivate a desire to reach the lost with the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. So we covered a bunch of different areas, and you can see it was fairly centric on uh, parenting for us. That has been a, a big part of our lives. One of the things that drove me to this also was I've shared uh, a couple times, I know at the uh, men's retreat, uh, how I, have a, I had a close friend who I was working for. He owned a business and he was murdered by his, by his brother. In that process, before the guy murdered him, he gave him time to sit down and write letters to his kids. At gunpoint, held to his head, he was given opportunity to write a note to his kid. Woo! Wow, that's, that's a toughie. What would you write on a letter like that? That had a major impact on me, to think that. What do my kids have as a legacy? And so periodically, I write letters to my kids and to my wife, and I stick them away in a file so that if for some reason a truck runs me over, my wife knows where that, that file is, and I hope my kids know where it is, and uh, they'll be able to pull that out. Oh, here's a letter from Dad. Wow, that's, that's going to be really hopefully encouraging for them where they went on. This guy who got killed... And his kids, what do they have to hang on? Just this real quick scribbled note. That's a hard thing. So setting a family purpose mission statement. Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage. The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage. Boy, that's, that is important for us to recognize. And Joshua 4, as, as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What will you do with your lives? So in the same way a company would set a mission purpose statement, let's explore the process for your own family. And I'm not saying this is how you have to do it. I'm just trying to give you a tool that worked for me and it's worked for other families as just a way to look at this. The, the goal would hopefully be that you're, you're going to see a real value in how to do this with your spouse. For those of you who are married, taking your wife out for a weekend away and telling her, let's go work on a family purpose statement, man, you want to light her up, get her excited, talk about the future. I'll talk about that in a second. I think that's really exciting. So there's some benefits. First, it helps you be more proactive and focused as a steward of God's resources. Helps you to be more proactive and focused. Rather than reacting to everything around you, having a plan ahead of time for your family, it's really going to help you lead better because now you know what it is you're trying to achieve. And if you know in your mind that I've got these, these values that I hold dear to me, that's where I want to go after. So proactive and focused. Secondly, it gives a long-term view about the family that can be the start of an exciting action plan, a long-term view. You know, that, that's important to have rather than just, let's just cover today and tomorrow and next week. No, let's, let's have a long-term plan. How many marriages do not have a long-term value? Think about that. People get married and uh, 
two weeks later, the honeymoon's over. And it's like, man, they thought that was all there is. And okay, this is going to be wonderful. But there is no plan. Long term is what we're trying to do here. For single people who are here, hey, don't just turn, turn it out. You know, this is, this is some good stuff where you will think long term where you're going. And you're going to start with what your plans are for college and some of those other areas of where you're going to go in life. So just because it's talking about family purpose statements, you can start this pattern to get your life planning on what am I thinking that I want to do? And maybe that's not exactly where God's going to put you. Maybe it is, but eventually God can steer you in that direction. Thirdly, it helps you avoid pitfalls contained in many opportunistic decisions. Avoid pitfalls. Should we buy this car or buy that car? You know, do we even need to buy a new car now? I know I use this purpose statement to go back and look at it when I was looking to buy a new car and thinking, okay, God, I know that our car's breaking down. Now, what kind should I buy? There's a real expensive one or one that's going to get done. What are our plans for our family? And we made a decision. I actually referenced back to this document to help me walk through that. Should we have our children involved in a certain sport? Well, they've got this sport. Should we add a second sport? Again, having a steering system to look at what your plans are will help you to say, you know what, I think this is the best decision because I've thought about long-term plans. Fourthly, it helps you say no to activities that are not related to your strategy. It helps you to say no. That's a hard thing to do. I'm, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I look at the word no and it means on. You know, so, oh, turn it on. I'm going. You know, any opportunity, I want to do it. It can help us judge between two alternative courses of action. You know, I really think both of these are godly choices. Which one's going to be the best for me? Well, three years ago, I wrote this purpose statement for our family out. Let's look at that. Let's see what that does. And does that give me some insight on where really I want to go? Oh, yes, it does. That's kind of neat. It helps our children also establish long-term goals. What a great example. If you're doing this and you're speaking of the fact that you're thinking long-term, getting your kids to think long-term, you know, it's not just getting through the next grade of school. They're thinking where they're going long-term. So it will help the entire family. Next question, who is my family mission, family's mission field? Well, similar to a business, you're going to have to establish and define your mission field. You know, who is it, where is it that you're seeking after? In a business, you strategize on exactly who your target prospects would be. If you're opening up a coffee shop, well, you're going to you're not going to focus the, the over 70 crowd. You're not going to go for the less than 15 crowd. You're going to find that market of the yuppies that are, you know, the certain age brackets that are looking for this kind of thing. Um, similar for families, you can and should target where you desire to minister. Do you want to focus on men's ministries? Is that something that's just a real burning passion within you? And, and that's something you say, yeah, I love working with other men. Or I have a gift for working with children and just love to be working with kids. That, that will help in here. Um, you have a love for cooking. You know, there's just a myriad of things that, that God has placed in your path that's going to be part of it. Who is this? Who are the people you're, you're looking at here? Have you ever considered how large your mission field already is? This is amazing. First, take your, your household and count the, the immediate family, your spouse, your kids, however many they are. Put a little number there to the right. Then add in the second line there. Add in your parents, aunts, and uncles, so they're a little bit removed family there. You're, you're adding in a couple there. So numbers starting to grow a little bit. Now add in nephews and nieces and cousins. Uh-oh, now we're, I have to stop and think. Oh, how many of those do I have? And how many people do I interact with? And this number's starting to grow. Don't worry, you don't have to do this right now. This is going to take a while. Then look at your suppliers. As a business would look as, at suppliers, who serves you? Who is it that, that ministers to you or that you see on a regular basis that maybe does things for you? 
Who has God called you to mission to? Expand beyond the immediate family. People who provide goods and services such as your uh, the checker at the grocery store. You see her regularly. Yeah, you don't know her, barely know her name. Uh, the, maybe somebody at the cleaners, um, your pastor, Sunday school teachers, uh, parents, uh, I'm sorry, the, the teachers for your kids, um, your Starbucks barista. For my wife, I mean, she knows every single one in town by name and knows their, you know, how many kids they have because she spends so much time at Starbucks. Um, there's, there's a large group of people who su- supply things to you. Just kind of, that can be part of a mission field. Next, look at clients. And what, what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to make you think circumspectly of this big, giant picture. How do you put your arms around it so we can focus it in to where the main purpose is going to be? But you have to look at where these borders are. Clients, if you had a business, you, know, you look at your clients. Here would be the people that you already minister to. Prison ministry. You've got a bunch of people involved there already. Um, are you involved in a ministry already? You teach a class. Uh, you have other friends and businesses that, uh, that you, business associates, employees. There's, there's a whole group of people that fit into that. You have a Bible study group that maybe you meet and disciple some guys. Uh, if you're in the public light, a lot of people know you. Those are people that you are affecting in some way, shape, or form. So we're just going to look at that number here. Then look at past relationships there. Look at the relationships of neighbors, uh, old classmates, people you see in public life. Um, how about even your Facebook? I mean, you look at all those people. I had somebody friend me who I haven't talked to in 30 years from high school. They were a grade or two below me. It's like, this guy still remembers me? I had no idea of that. But, you know, I do minister to him if he's a Facebook friend because he sees what I'm posting. That is a person that you affect. Add all those up, and you're going to have a total, maybe a couple hundred people here that you already are affecting lives and you have an influence on. That's, that's an undoubting task. Okay, next we're going to brainstorm the ideas. You have all these mission fields. I've just made you think about all these areas of life that you're involved in. You can't physically pursue all of them as, your, at your, as a primary direction. You're going to burn out. Yes, you're going to consider how you're influencing people in each one of these categories, but there's no way your family can pursue each one of them with a passion, full steam. It's not our responsibility to do all that. It's God who moves and calls. It's God who will convict you on the people that you need to be affecting in a direction. So we have a list of possible mission fields for a family. After looking at these, we see a broad range of opportunities. How do you bring this down to focus? How do you say, okay, God, where, where do you want me to go? Our key words in the first point was proactive and focused. Well, if you had a business, you would sit down with your top staff and brainstorm the possibilities. Okay, where do we want to go? What is our, our product here and who's our, our people that we're going to pursue? Why not do something similar for your own family? Call a family meeting. Set aside specific time and prayerfully consider God's wisdom. You know, if you have older kids, and kids, let's talk about our family and what we do. What a great chance for your family to talk about who it is as a unit. The Oweiler family is very different than Rudy's family, very different than uh, Chad's family. We all are very different, and we have different little working pieces the way we work. But if you could take just you and your spouse and a weekend away, I mean, you don't, guys, you don't know how many women would absolutely just love that, to have you take them, set them aside, and just talk about planning for the future. We don't do that. We just, yeah, I'm going to make it happen off the cuff. You know, I'll, I'll just think about things as they come and, and make decisions there. If you want to get your wife excited, guys, this is, they love this kind of stuff. It, it is, um, it's a dream of theirs. If you're single, it's a great chance to get away, maybe take 
some books and go up to the mountains, sit and think about some of these things. The next part, though, is to let the ideas flow. This is a fun part of it. No idea is too absurd. So if, if your wife has an idea, just write it down. What you want to do is just take every idea of what it is you think that God might call your family to, and you write it down. You might end up living like Francis Chan over in Asia, helping bring uh, hope to needy families over there. You might end up ministering on the pro golf tour. You know, I've always wanted to do this. I know if I set that as my goal, it would be a disaster. It would not be good. I'd love to do it, but it wouldn't work. You might end up in school to go back and be a pastor. You, you don't know where this is, but let's think of what these ideas are. And, and what you're doing is you're just putting them down on a piece of paper, and you're not shooting anything down. Simply record the ideas. Evaluation is going to come later. First, you want ideas, and you want lots of them. Consider your gifts, your abilities, the abilities of your other family members. You're going to throw those into the mix here. Consider the ministry needs you know about. You know what? I, I know of the certain need, and just it burdens my heart here. Habakkuk 2.2 says, record the vision and inscribe them on tablets. So in a way that Habakkuk was told this, what I'm telling you, not that I'm God, but what you're doing is you're writing these things down because now you're going to be able to analyze them. If you did this for a business, you might come up with 25 to 50 ideas. For your family, if you can get 20 to 30, that'd be great. It's normally a lot of fun to do this. Remember, if you have children at home, someday they're going to be gone. They're not going to be there. And will they share your same vision? Are they going to be heading in a similar direction? Think of how John MacArthur comes from a line of pastor after pastor after pastor. That's really unusual. That took some thought process in their family that it's a testimony, testimony to each one of those dads to really ingrain things and their own values into their kids. Your children may have a different purpose. They may have a different mission, but chart a course that at least sets a pattern for them. Okay, so now you have a list. I suggest the next thing is to pray. Spend some time in prayer over this. God, give, give me wisdom. As I look at this, as our family looks at this, what are some things here that, that, I, that need to rise to the top here? And you read this over two or three times. You're going to get an idea, okay, this is what these things, I, I can see you know, certain things that kind of match and they're, they're similar. Maybe you're going to come up with uh, maybe a few of them. You know, this is absurd. Not yet, not yet. The next thing is uh, you take inventory through the ease of decision-making. For those of you who were at our men's uh, retreat back in 2012, I briefly touched on this and when I was talking about leadership. How do you make decisions in, in your life here? So uh, this is from a, a sermon MacArthur gave in 1981, and it, I was there when he taught it, and it just stayed in my mind. I've had to go back and, and listen, to the, uh, listen to it online. But check each item on this list and see if it fits into these following categories. Look to see how each of these might apply to each one of the options. So you've got 20 or 30 options here. Run them through this grid. Here's the first one, exaltation. How could you best exalt him? As you look at these 20 or 30 things, can I exalt Christ by doing this? If I wanted to have my goal to be uh, on the pro circuit tour playing golf, I would not exalt God. That would be a very detriment to his name because I don't play very well. So you'll see, okay, that one, I, I can't fit that one in there. Encouragement is the second one. Encouragement or energize. Which would allow you to encourage others through service and fellowship? Are there ways that these specific things that, that you see, yeah, I could encourage people by doing this. This makes sense. Similar to that is equipping. Which would equip you the best that you would equip others? You're going to be equipping others, Ephesians 4.12. That's one of the main 
thrust of our church is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And that's how we're getting a lot of things done. Well, will you be able to equip others by doing this? Maybe it's equipping your own kids. Maybe it's equipping other neighbors. Maybe it's going into Romania and working with, uh, with orphans over there. Who knows where it might be? But will you be able to equip others through it? Um, similar to that, education. Number four, which choice allows you to best educate others with the word of God? Will you be able to use this as a platform for sharing the word of God? Second Timothy 2 2 is just great on that. It, it hits it perfectly. These things which I've uh, given to you, uh, these things I've, uh, I've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And that's really what we want to be able to do as men. That's one of our purposes. And fifthly, evangelism. What mission fields are you burdened for? You know, maybe you're not an evangelist, but will this open up opportunities for that? There are some souls that Christ wants you to affect. You can't tell me there's nobody out there that God doesn't want you to talk to about Christ who doesn't know him. So as you look at these, will it open up that kind of an opportunity? Next, you're gonna, as you look at that list, now you're, you're going to say, you know what, yeah, these don't make sense. They're not going to fit these goals. So you've shrunk it down. And now you're going to try to pick the top three to five that appeal to your spirit and your spiritual gifts. So you know what, this, I, I, God just keeps saying, this is something to think about here. You should be able to shrink the list down. And it's, it's not the idea to just eliminate everything, but rather choose the most focused areas that allow you and your family to serve Christ best. Remember, God has made us a body. He hasn't made us all arms, all legs. We're not all called to do the same thing. So you may have just a behind-the-scenes gift of service, and you just love serving people and doing things for others that they can be encouraged within the body of Christ. Well, that, that might be your core, as I want to have our family always be known as servants for Christ. And whatever the ministry is, you know that you're going to be one who wants to serve others. Now, as you go back to make other decisions, that's going to help you. This list that you made, it may be impressive, but also it's intimidating. It's like, oh my goodness, all these things. God may not have called you to some of the things on this list. Some may not fit your spiritual gifts or your resources. Compare that list to your own spiritual gifts, and you'll say, you know what? I have, I have a gift of helps, and I, here's one that really is teaching, and I'm scared stiff to stock, top, to talk in front of people. And maybe you're going to see, you know, that, that one doesn't make sense there. Narrow it down to three to five items on your list. And this may sound really perfunctory. This is not, as I said, a theological lesson. But now what you're going to do is create a, a grid, really, a, uh, a list of risks and benefits for each of them. So, you know, there might be some, some risks in having to go over to uh, the Mideast. You, want to, you have listed there, you know, I want to serve Christ and be a missionary to the Muslims in Iraq. There's some risk, in case you didn't notice that. You know, that's not the safest place to be. And uh, you, know, you need to write those down and, and know the cost. And maybe there's some benefits. You know what? If we were serving God in this area, maybe we'd be closer to my wife's family, and that might be a benefit to it because they're getting older, and, and that would help in that decision process. Risks and benefits of each one of these three to five. Then you can count the costs. Next is to count the costs. And there's costs physically, monetarily, there's a lot of different costs. You're going to have to go back to school. Maybe there's some, you know, you, you want to be a pastor someday, or you want to be a missionary. You don't just walk out on the mission field, and all of a sudden you're a missionary. There's a lot of school. You have to know things. You have to work diligently at these things. So uh, you, you have to look at those costs. 
you need to learn a new language. You know, if you're going down to, to Oildale, you've got to learn a different language than you do here in the rest of Bakersfield, right? No, there's, there's certain things where you have to have some cost involved and, and how much that's going to take out of your life. Then you can rank them according to start date. This is kind of fun. You look at them, and if it's how soon can you pursue any of these? You know, I'm 27 years old, and I've got two kids at home, and my goal is to go and be a missionary over in Africa. Well, that's going to take some time, won't it? And you have to think through a lot of things related to that. You can't just, we're packing up everything tomorrow, honey, and we're going because that's my goal. That, you can't do that. You put it in terms of weeks or years. Uh, if it's your ultimate desire to train children, you may have already started on that. Maybe you're working in the nursery. You're working in the, in the fifth and sixth uh, grade class. Uh, where do you see that progressing? You know, where do you see that long-term you want to have that go? So you want to rank them according to start date. You may already be doing some of the things. Next would be create a, a step-by-step action plan. If you have three to five things, that may take a while to do that, and you might say, you know what, this I'm seeing it really doesn't make sense of one of them, and drop them off. What you're trying to do is, is build a little structure around this of how you're going to create this thing and make it work. A rough action plan. doesn't take that long. If you listed you want to be a missionary in Russia, well, you're going to have to learn the language. You're going to have to learn the culture. You're going to have to find a mission agency. You're going to have to find financial support. You're going to have to visit the country. I mean, there's a whole set of things that you can do. And Okay, yeah, these are steps that I'm going to need to do. If you wrote you want to be highly involved in the lives of children, then setting and setting biblical foundations for them, it might be easier. It might t- take less time, less intensity to get started. And you can get started real quickly. But take a look through this. If it took you a few hours and you focused your thoughts to develop your heart's plans, you'd be really surprised what you can do here. If you had the second goal of being highly involved in children's lives, uh, it may involve taking a short-term trip maybe to a place where there's an orphanages in Russia, and really your goal is to go to Russia eventually, so now you're kind of taking and multiplying a couple of them on a, on a short-term mission trip or something like that. You're doing things in light of your goals. You're not just taking random opportunities and saying, oh, yeah, I want to go do that. Now it's tied to a goal. Part of my purpose statement is to teach. I love to teach my kids, love to teach others. I enjoy teaching this type of a class because I know that it, it helps me in the process of, of fulfilling some of these plans, of getting you guys to do the same things. You're not kids, but somewhat, some of you act that way sometimes. Um, I've been able to teach this in Tanzania, in Romania, and in, uh, in China. I've taught this type of a thing. So it's been teaching how to do this kind of stuff, which flows out of my drive for training my family and working on families. So a step-by-step action plan. Next is to list milestones. As you prayerfully bring this list from 20 down to 3 to 5, down to 1, you're going to break it into milestones. What are some goals you're going to reach along the way? I think of Mark Stuckey going to Brazil. I mean, he's just chink, 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 and he's been at it for years, getting planning on how he's going to go there. Now he's, he's getting excited because it's only 8, 10 months away. He might be going there, and, you know, he's, he's getting his funding now. He's visited there a bunch of times, and so he's looking for that launch, but he has these goals in mind. They can be measurable. They can be tied to dates. You know, I want to have my schooling done by such and such date. I want to have uh, X amount of money in the bank so that I, I'm going to save every penny I can so that I will be able to be self-sufficient over in wherever you're going or whatever you're doing. Another thing that's real helpful is reading Proverbs 16 and Proverbs 19. In uh, Proverbs 16, it's just got so many things in it. I thought I'd read some portions of that. <clears throat> 
um, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from God. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. The Lord has made all for himself, yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. It goes on and on. Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues with justice. This is going to help just inculcate your mind on, okay, God, do you really want me to do this kind of stuff? Is this really the goal you have for me? And then it goes into things like pride goes before a fall and haughty spirit before, pride goes before destruction, haughty spirit before a fall. Those are important things to look at as you're going through it to fill your mind with the right things. And Proverbs 19 has, has excellent wisdom in, in it as well. Um, it's good for a soul to be with. It's not good for a soul to be without knowledge. It talks about laziness. Cast one into a deep sleep. An idle person is going to suffer hunger. I mean, you can't be lazy, guys. Our life is short here on earth. Heaven is so close to us. It's just a surprise. As we talk, Steve talks about just walking our older saints home. We're going to be there in a nursing home in just a few years. We're not far behind. All these other people have gone before us. Uh, listen to the counsel. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel will stand. So get these kind of verses into your mind. It's going to help you as you look at this. You identify some milestones and start putting this together. Finally, M, pick a final ministry direction. Pick a final ministry direction. The idea is to write it down as Joshua did, to remind the people of what God had done, to chart a course for God wants you to do with your family. So now you actually have something written. That's, that's a big step. If you guys can get to this step, you're probably 0.1% of the universe who actually takes and writes goals down of where you want to go with your life. That's... That would be really cool if you can get the time and the energy to do something like that. I recommend putting in a frame, laminate it, stick it somewhere in your house so you remember it. Even if it's just a one line, if it's a bunch of things. I, we added a, a bunch of different lines because we thought of the relationships that our, our goal went and drove. Yeah, that's important. And we included in their value statements. Let me read those again because it talked about values, the husband-wife relationship, the parent-child relationship, sibling-to-sibling relationship, and an outreach relationship. Those are, and each one of those had values in them. Well, you take and you go back to that list of 20, 25 items and you identify from those, you know, what is the value behind these ideas? I put this idea as a goal. What were the values that my mind was thinking on? What are the spiritual reasoning behind this that would make me think that I want to go out and be a pro golfer on the, on the pro circuit tour? Is it because of my own sinfulness and my own desire for fun? Well, it might be. Uh, or is it because, you know what, I really want to minister to people's lives. Relationships with people is important to me. And, and you'll see some of these. They'll rise to the top here. Open your Bible to some of your favorite passages and look at some of those and see, oh, these are values that I hold dear to me. You know, 2 Timothy 2, 2. I want to train others to be faithful trainers of others. Take the doctrinal statement from our church. It's online. Look at that and see some of the values that are in there of things that are important to the church. Are they important to you? So weave those into it. Focus on issues that are close to you. And then uh, I personally use that ease of decision-making. When my wife and I reviewed ours just a few years ago, we went back and reviewed it, and that's a good way to look back at it. Okay, what are these decisions? Are we doing things according to the biblical principles where we want to go? With that, if you guys can get this far and create something like this, I think you're going to just be head 
head over where uh, other people are heading in life. Not that that's our goal, but it's now we can be far more effective to Christ. So we can say no when there's a ministry direction that doesn't make sense, but yet if we did say no, we know we did it with a value of doing something better because you can just take the first thing that comes to you, the first road, and just start taking it. And next thing you know, it's not the best road. And that's what I want to see for you guys is as you're a leader in your family, let's find the best ways to do that. Are there any questions on any of this? I know I just threw a whole bunch at you. It's kind of in a, a bullet form, and you can adjust it, change it, work it, how, however it works for you. But I thought this would be just a good way to get you guys a foundation. Any questions? No? Good. Well, feel free to talk to me later. You know, if you're, hey, how do you do such and such? Or how do you adapt it? The whole idea is it's just a tool. I'm not saying this is the way to do it. Use this tool however it can help you in your family in the future. And uh, hopefully the whole plan is to give God glory from what we're doing. With that, Steve, you want to come up for a few seconds?